don't want people to come up here because of you get a clearer perspective you know yes that makes that makes a ton of sense so um let's just get started my guest is currently in outer space if you're watching on zoom um i recently discovered them which is cool because the other podcast you sent me they discovered you through your music also you know so it's um it's cool when you're able to make a fan instantaneously to the point that they want to like have you on whatever platform that they have, you know, um, and I recently discovered you on YouTube watching the death of Curious George by fuck. I'm I'm the worst with names. I think his name is Joel Haver or Joel Haver. Yeah. And um, which it Joel Haver or Haver is a YouTuber, and he released a an animated short of the death of Curious George. And at the end, there was a a single of um. Jack Johnson's Upside Down, but it was, a, it was a cover, and it was it was a very sad cover, and Jack Johnson's a very happy guy, if you listen to Banana Pancakes or any of those songs, so to hear this very sad rendition of um, Upside Down, it really, it really hit me, hit me where I live, you know, <laughs> and um, the, the, the artist behind that was um, Kevin Sloan, and he is also in two bands, The Humble Cheaters and Trikes. As well as having mm-hmm. the solo project, I'm guessing your solo project, Kevin Sloan. So yeah, you're basically like three bands. So that's that's pretty that's pretty great. Yeah, part of me thinks maybe you know, before coming on on the podcast, I should I should have just had one, you know, one thing, you know. I'm dead. Just... <laughs> that's what happened. So that's what um my previous guest uh, Seth just said. Um, I had listened to like I had known about him for a few years, and then had did this deep dive before having him on my, on my show and um he went from saying he did all this 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 and then I recently had him on he's like actually I just want to be called a music producer and an artist or something versus being like I fix bikes or do this or da 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 so I feel that but no being being part of three bands is pretty cool and I feel like you're able to um use different muscles that you wouldn't use on a solo project or in a different band or whatever yeah and I mean it it all yeah like it all feeds into each other mm-hmm. you know and, um what so there's there's no problem with it and uh yeah and, and it's just funny like I have two like things coming out for for both projects and most of the time there's just like very little happening but now there's a few <laughs> things happening hell yeah so um with that, do you have like different like marketing employees for each one, or like do you just push them all the same way? Or, um, well, so this is like the first time. Like usually, it's just um, well, okay. I've been in many different bands at many different times over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like prior to the this thing called the it it was the COVID nineteen pandemic. What's that? that happened? Yeah. I was like, I was, um, in like a million bands and I was living in New York and I was just gigging a lot. And then after that, um, I focus, I focus a lot more on like soundtrack stuff Mm -hmm. and working with Joel and like, you know, other video type stuff and, um, mixing recording. But anyway, the Humble Cheaters is like the first band I was ever in and I've known them since I was very young. And so that's like the oldest and most, the longest going project. Mm. Um, and the solo stuff is just, 
what you know just personally what i love doing and what i've always done and um the trikes thing is new and it's because i recently moved to cleveland and it's with people here so we're playing soon we'll be playing locally here and anyway yeah wait so first of all it was i've lost the audience with all all these things you know i feel like the the nest people you know the messaging i gotta get it straight i want (laughs) to know though like you you purposely moved to ohio (laughs) yeah i mean city that never sleeps um (laughs) you can make it there you can make it anywhere it's everything they say it's true no i um so i went to college in um at oberlin which is in ohio okay and um the the person who i'm dating grew up there and so that that's sort of what landed me here and it's a lot cheaper than new york and i know some people out here and it's kind of um in some ways, like a lot of the work I've been doing with music has been remote. And so it's kind of made some, and I, I wanted a reason to to get out of New York, you know, so here I am. Were you born and raised in New York or like how long were you spent time in there? I was born and raised in Long Island suburbs, okay. New York City, and uh, just like Billy Joel, yeah. you know, Lou Reed, and um, I think Lou Reed. I don't know for sure about Lou Reed. Maybe. Maybe. I've, let's let's maybe, pretend. Maybe Lou Reed. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted someone cool to be from there. And, he's in uh, Long Island, right? To like, you got Pete Davidson, right? Or is that? Oh, he's Staten Island. Staten Island, my bad. Different island. But um, similar idea. But, eh, slightly different idea. But grew up there, then went to college in Ohio, and then did a brief stint in California. Then went back there. Now I'm back in Ohio. Nice. And like California, like LA for music or just? Uh, north of LA. So I was living in Ventura and I was working for a music nonprofit organization, the Ohio Music Festival. And I was doing some, I was like writing songs all the time and doing some shows, but it was mostly working for that organization. And, um, just, I don't know, it was just a cool opportunity. Um, but yeah, eventually I, went back to New York. I kind of feel like, are you saying like, even if it's like, because I'm kind of realizing this and I, I don't think I'll ever really backtrack or go back when I what I've said initially, but like, I do feel like when I do, because I've been trying to find other jobs in media that help um, pay the podcast bills and all that, right? And it's it's pretty successful so far with like how I'm able to, make all that work but I've also realized if it's not something that's directly my own stuff you you do kind of have to realize even if, if even if it's free, freelance or whatever you are working for someone else so it's it's less about like your creativity and more of what they want is that what you're kind of saying was happening with the nonprofit or yeah I mean it was in a way it was the kind of thing where I was working like in an administrative role with all these like really awesome jazz and classical musicians, mm-hmm. and, like meeting them and meeting their families and stuff. And like, um, I just sort of realized like which side of the divide I wanted to be on right. kind of thing. And it just showed me that I, pref- you know, preferred their kind of life to the, to what I was doing. But, um, yeah, no, I don't that, know. If that makes sense for sure. It's almost it's it's as simple almost as like, do you want to be on stage or in the crowd? Kind of it's like it's as simple as that. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, a lot of people who, a lot of people do both. You know, yeah. it's not like one or the other, but or or do you want to be behind the stage? Is the other thing, or in mm-hmm. the in the ticket booth, or yeah, whatever, wherever you are located. But yeah, for sure. So that's interesting that like one of your, it seems like one of your goals was to leave New York, but like, that's the same for me when living in Seattle, it's like, why would you want to be from the place you grow up in? But like, I went to New York, um, damn, it's been a year now. And that was like the most inspiring place I've ever been. But then if you're like growing up 
or even an hour or two outside of New York or whatever, it's still like yeah. less inspiring versus if you're visiting. But um, I also visited Cleveland um, for comedy, and I I don't think I was a fan. <laughs> you were inspired by the two buildings and the... <laughs> yeah, I do not. That's like the smallest city. Like I... <laughs> No, it's not as inspiring as New York. And I mean, look, I mean, I, not it's not like- trying to shit on your place, though. I'm not shitting on your- <laughs> I mean, next time you come, I could. there's cool places I could show you more. Did you, where, where did you go? You, did you go to like Hilarities? Yeah, Hilarities. There's like cooler, that's like sort of, it's really weird mm. over there in particular because it's like the shell of what used to be a f- much more functional city. And now kind of like the cool places where a lot of the culture and art is happening or is sort of like on the outskirts of that downtown area with the exception of basically hilarities. That club is really cool. Which is like a street long and that's it. (laughs) So there's like other neighborhoods and places that one should visit, I think, when they go to Cleveland. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not like the best... It, 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 yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to like defend it, you know, I just leave you, you know, for like, it, yeah, anyway, but the, <laughs> and, and I grew up in the suburbs of New York. So like New York was the place for me, you know, it was, it, it, it I wasn't like jaded about it. Like it was not the feeling of like, I gotta get the fuck out. Like it, it was like, I gotta go there, you know, but I think, um, after maybe three years of living there, I just I did become just disillusioned, and I felt like it was more important for me to to like just focus on art and uh, a few things, which is still I guess too many things, but you know with the three <laughs> bands, but. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to defend voices <laughs> as though I made a smart decision here. <laughs> okay, I feel, I feel. So then how did you get your, you got your start with music in New York then? Was it because of like in a, a inspiring music scene or art scene that you saw in New York or? Yeah, I mean, I started with music like when I was like five years old, you know, just playing piano and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of my life has just been like reacting to and finding ways to do that in whatever, wherever I found myself. But I intentionally like moved to New York from California to try to focus on music and gigging, playing in bands. Like I've always played a lot of instruments and I knew musicians who were there. So, um, Yeah. Wait, so you started in New York, but then you moved to California for music, and then you moved back to New York for music. Okay, so I start. I grew up in New York. <laughs> Correct. Child. Okay. And um, started writing songs and making up, you know, just doing music with my life. Mm. So, and then I went to college in Ohio. For at music? A very, or... And I did not go for music because okay. it didn't seem like a smart thing to do with uh like you know out of fear and um but I played in bands and I took music courses and in a way like I'm not the kind of musician who is like who can focus on one particular skill set so it wouldn't have really made sense for me to like major in a particular instrument Mm -hmm. but anyway so I went to college for English literature and some economics which for, for no other reason than because it seemed useful. And um, then I went to California, did, and then I uh, did some gigging, did some music, um, worked for that organization. And then I went to New York to like really focus on the music thing. And that's what I've continued to do. Nice. And then when did like Joel, well, not Joel, when did Kevin Sloan become like, the like a project um 2019 
I put out my first album hmm. called The First Thing. And by that point, I'd played on different people's albums and I played in a few bands, but that was the first, the first thing. A lot of those songs I had been working on for a few years and like writing when I was living in California. Mm -hmm. And um, I was friends with Joel Haver when I was releasing that. And he made me, he helped me make a promo video for that, that first one. And uh, was it animated? No, it was just, he, we did it like it was like six of, of me, sort of like art, because I recorded all the parts and did everything. Oh, God. So it was like six of me all like arguing about how to make the album. Yeah. And that was the video. Yeah. Dang. And so I was like collaborating with him a lot too when I was doing that. And like I was in a bunch of his videos as well in the early early days of that channel um and yeah how'd you meet how'd you meet him he was a friend of a friend of a friend who (laughs) i played in a band with (laughs) nice and uh he was like before his channel blew up and everything he was just this guy who took his camera everywhere and made weird YouTube videos. And I thought it was awesome and started hanging out with him. And um, yeah, that's how we became friends. Nice. And like, you've just like stayed in contact. Cause I'm guessing you guys don't live in the same state. No, no, no it's, he's in LA and I'm in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like remote friends, like now internet friends. At yeah. This point. But I, I but guess I guess that's what, friends during COVID, right? So yeah, I, I guess COVID. Yeah, that's what COVID kind of helped with, I guess, or I don't know if helped or um, made more normalized because there was already always people who had internet friends, but those guys were weird until COVID, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So how did that um how'd that song come to be the the Curious George song? Um. He asked me to do it for, for a video, yeah. and um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was, and I thought it was going to be a funny video, mm-hmm. and I did the song kind of like in what I thought was like an American Idol like style. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to really make it dramatic, but I did feel like emotional while like I was like trying to like do it straight, you know, mm-hmm. but I thought it, I thought the result would be like comedic, but it, it turned out to be like pretty, pretty sad, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, so, and like, uh, and then like, you know, a lot of people were like fucking post the fucking song, man. All these like DM, you know, and I uh, posted it and then people are like, fucking put it on your Spotify. And like I, I want to give the people what they want, but like I, I don't know, man. I got, I got, I got to think it through. I don't want to just like react to like this is the first time people have like wanted anything from me, Damn. and like I don't, I don't want to. I, I, it feels weird, but <laughs> yeah, it's great because like it already has like I, I was listening to it today, and it has like forty two thousand views on YouTube now, and it's been like less than a week or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so. crazy. Yeah, and you know, like my like, if I really like wanted to, you know, get really good stats on everything, I'd put you know I'd put it on the streaming services, and like stats are good. It helps like when you have good stats and you try to book a gig, and they're like, oh, look at his stats, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I that's not like a reason that I'm gonna do anything. But um, it's cool. I'm, I'm it's gratifying that people like it, and. Um, that it that they, that it had that response you know like I, I really didn't expect that so yeah my friend was trying to tell me yesterday that like um they're wondering if whether it's venues or just like labels or ARs or any anyone music industry related are going to start caring less about numbers due to the fact that people can buy followers that meta verified thing came out you can, you know, buy streams and all that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I, I think 
it's just a bad idea to let yourself be guided just by the numbers because like I've known bands to book full tours and to do lots of things with like you know very minuscule stats and mm-hmm. it's just it's as cliche as it is like the, the focus should just be on the the music that you're you're trying to make obviously so but i mean it's cool to see like it's there's it's cool to the extent that it actually tells you useful information i think right it's like, a it's interesting though because like in seattle at least like there's cover bands that make way more money and gig way more than the the Seattle band or artist, you know? So, and it's not like those cover bands have millions of followers by any means. That's yeah. I mean, that's also just the thing with cover bands. I think it's like the reliability that like everyone knows what they're going to get and there's no risk associated with it basically. And if they're, have a reputation in the local scene. It's, I think that has to do with that too. Right, that's a good point. But back on back on this Curious George thing, do, do you know? I'm still kind of confused on. He died because he 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 dug too deep into QAnon, or that was just like one part of the bigger. Oh, no. So he uh, he died just from natural natural causes. Oh, I think. I mean. My guess is as good as yours. I, you know, I just, I just did the music for it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm just, you know, I just, I just work here. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write it. No, but uh, it's, I think my interpretation is that he, um, like, in a moment of clarity, when he's dying, sort of like realizes that uh, he's been using his curiosity to sort of like cover over realizing the the love that is already here all the time kind of thing right my- right i get that i definitely felt a little bit of that as like an interviewer i'm like damn he curious george is telling me not to ask questions and that's why <laughs> i mean i just think about love yeah i mean you don't it's it's you can just look at it as like a like a dumb cartoon. <laughs> I'm getting no, all but, my life advice from Joel Haver's yeah. Curious George. But I, I think if there is like a lesson to take from it, it's not to not be curious. <laughs> I think it's just to, first of all, realize when you've lost the plot, which I think is also like sort of what's going on there too. And to, maybe let your curiosity be guided by like genuine love and compassion. And maybe that's a way to like, not feel like you're not allowed to be curious. Right. That makes sense for sure. So when you, when you first heard the song in the video in that way, did you laugh because you're surprised or did you feel sad when you saw it in the video or how did that make you feel when you first watched it? Uh Well, so I sort of saw, I sort of knew what it would be. Like, I didn't see it because I composed it like to the live action version of the video because it's rotoscoped, you know? Oh, got it. So, but like, I didn't know how it would all land and feel like in the final edit. But I, yeah, I think I was, I definitely didn't think it was funny. Like, I, I didn't laugh when the song came on. I thought it was. <laughs> moving you know i yeah. think i had the similar experience that what what those forty thousand uh people had out yeah. there in the youtube but um i don't know it's funny because when i when you when it first came out you hadn't dropped the the song yet so i the song was stuck in my head so i had to find the um chopped and slowed version on youtube and that's what i was listening to until you dropped the actual version wait what is that the chopped and slowed version like somebody like artificially slowed down jack johnson's version yeah so they they slowed it down and added reverb to it to be like my version or just like separately the regular version like jack johnson's version right but was it done like 
recently or was it just it just existed it just oh the- it just existed already huh you know like you know that like chopped and screwed genre right no i don't what i should get into it you don't know about chopped and screwed that's like that's, that's like a huge genre of like it's something you're making up it's like that thing where like uh it's usually like purple like it's like a it's a like they remix singles or albums and the cover is usually purple to like represent like lean or whatever and it's like slowed down versions of songs and then like it's chopped up sometimes and added reverb to it it's like a whole genre of like hip-hop music but they don't do it with just hip-hop but it's called like slowed and chopped and sometimes is reverb. kind of like that that Jay-Z or is it oh well it's like imagine do you know that song Still Tippin' by um Mike Jones? No. Still tippin' on Fofo. It's like that's like a early two thousand songs. Yeah. So it's like it's like that slowed so you know the song that like there's like a violin playing. Yeah. So it's like it's like that song kinda in that style but for like any song that an art, like a chopped and screwed artist wants to make. Do you know, have you ever heard of the Ocarina of Rhyme? No. Do you know about the Ocarina of Time? What is an Ocarina? It sounds like Macarena. An Ocarina is like um, an, an ancient uh, instrument that you blow into. It's like, a, it looks like shells, but there was a video, the Zelda video game on nintendo 64 called the ocarina of time and somebody it, it might be similar to chopped and screwed but i don't know so wait chopped and yeah what? chopped and screwed might be similar to that but they sampled the music from this video game mm-hmm. and the music's amazing in this game and they uh like mix it with with rap music and it's really cool and I, but i don't know if it's like if it's the same concept. maybe I feel like that's surprising that you don't know it. Okay, you. I feel like if you checked out at least once, like have you seen, have you seen Moonlight? No, actually. Fuck, that would have been the perfect example. So in Moonlight, do you know the song "Classic Man" by Jadena and Kendrick Lamar? How's it go? I'm a classic man. I got, I'm the worst singer. You can be me if you look this clean. I'm a classic man. I don't know that song. Do 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 do. What? It was like a number one song in 2015. Okay, but anyways, Moonlight, the movie, I think it's an A24 movie. I think everyone yeah. knows what Moonlight is. Moonlight, yeah. Um, In one of the scenes, this guy's like driving in a lowrider, and he's playing the classic man song, but it's chopped and screwed, so it's like all slowed down and stuff, but that would have been a good example if you had seen that movie. But yeah. Well, <laughs> it's been on my to-watch list since... It came out, you know, it's very acclaimed and... Yeah, it's all right. I feel like, yeah, it's interesting though because like it's like a it's like a deep movie, right? But like I feel like in my opinion, no pun intended, the climax is when the... And it's not even... A, it's, a, it's kind of a weird scene, but like it turns out like both the character... Fuck, that might be a spoiler. Basically, someone gets like jerked off on a beach in the sand and it's like the way they shoot it is like it's it's kind of it's it's just a beautiful shot so it kind of it's kind of it's fucking weird right so like anytime i think of moonlight i think of this guy getting jerked off on a beach so it doesn't make me want to go see the movie again because i'm gotcha. like wait so it's a spoiler that he gets jerked off like you just spoiled the movie for me that this guy gets jerked off and now now i shouldn't see it that actually is a spoiler which is uh, I don't know how that's a spoiler, but it is yeah, it is actually a spoiler. But you could still see it because you don't know who I'm talking about gets jerked off. But that is wild. Now that I think about it, that's actually it. That is, well, yeah, that, that is like the climax of the movie. When, like there was a lot of like uncomfortable, and maybe this is a comfortable one, but there were there were a lot of uncomfortable handjob scenes in like really serious like movies. Like um, the The Master with with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. There's there's a there's a really uncomfortable handjob scene in that one. How do I not remember that? I've seen that movie. He's so he's, he's the leader, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And there's just a scene where he's standing in front of the mirror 
and his wife, I think it's like Amy Adams or something, and she's just jerking him off. And it takes like a little bit too long. And uh, they're just both looking straight. And I can't watch that movie again for the same, like, it's just, I'm, I'm just going to be waiting for that. Yes. Sure. Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I feel with Moonlight. I'd be waiting for that scene. Um, yeah, it's just, anyways, that's, that happened in that show. Um, congratulations on the, the YouTube video though. Like, honestly, like that's, do you think that it put <laughs> back on Curious Georgia? <laughs> we pivot here. Um, like, do you think that that opened you up to like a new crowd, but you said you've also worked with Joel before. So did, does that crowd already kind of know you? I don't know. I think that it definitely got a lot of people to, to check out my music, That's which cool. is really cool. And um, it does, it does feel new. And it, I, I don't want to sound like ungrateful when I'm, if I'm like a little bit, confused about like how like what to do with the like whether to release it on spotify because it's i mean it's just a nice thing you know for that people um liked it and and i i like the you know in terms of stats whether they matter or not i there i can clearly notice that like there's an uptick of listeners on all my on all the streaming platforms that like is probably directly connected to this so that's awesome and, um, the next thing you got to do now is like make a video with Jack Johnson himself or something. Yeah, maybe I should. I, I checked out his uh, his most recent album, dude. His new I... album, so the remix album. Oh, it's a remix album. That's a re- the dub, whatever it's called. Oh, I, I haven't heard the dub one, but I just heard Wait, what's it the album album. But it's like it was produced by Blake Mills, Blake. who's really cool, and it just sounds really good. And I was like. Oh, he like it was. It just was better than Banana Pancakes to me. No, no, Wait, there's anything. Wrong so, with oh, the Meet the Moonlight. I think so. It's, I don't think I've 2022. I don't think I've actually listened to this. I was surprised because I, I was, you know, I'm like I'm like uh, I'm associated with Jack Johnson now. Yeah, you know, and I want he's uh, and it's he's good. It's good. Yeah, I liked it. Wow, you should check out his. Um, he just dropped a new album. When was this? June 2nd. So last week, last week he dropped a new album called In Between Dub. And it's basically just a remix of all his like most popular songs. But uh-huh. he has one of my favorite DJs on there um, called Nightmares on Wax. And they remix Better Together and Breakdown. And it's really good. Cool. Um, so like for you, are you actually before I get into that? So. You said you've been getting into uh, like cinematic music. Is that what you were saying earlier? Uh, well, like in in terms of what I've been like like create like creating cinematic music. Yeah. I've done like soundtracks like similar to to this video, but also also just sound um, for like a you know different things connected to Joel as well, and not, um, but just sort of like the background music on videos and stuff like that and how do you how do like what mindset do you have to be in to make like like a background or like a cinematic music versus making music for a band or is it the same kind of mind uh it's different and i think it reminds me of what you were saying about like working for someone else versus working for yourself Mm -hmm. um there's actually something kind of comforting when somebody like wants something specific and they can give like you, you do something and then they can give like specific feedback of what they really want. And I think that that's obviously the main difference, but I've surprisingly found that like kind of comforting and it's expanded my ear a little bit because like, you know, other people, have different like you know just have a different vision than i would have for sure and like what are you playing with a band you know you're you're sort of you have what you want to hear and there's negotiation with the other people but it's a little it's a little different obviously and are you the are you the front man in both bands or no no uh 
they're they're all both of them are pretty democratic in the sense of front people like mm-hmm. um the humble cheaters i'm one of two singers slash songwriters and trikes it's like the three of us it's like a you could think of it as like a super group but instead of it's it's not that super <laughs> it's, just, it's three people and all, all three of us write songs and sing no that's it's awesome like, yeah i think there's no i think that's that's a super group for sure um i just went to a show on on uh monday where it was like three or four different members from different um different bands into in one band and it was super cool so like yeah you don't have to have like a crazy following or whatever to be called a super group it's still tons of cooper super cool different minds coming together to be in one group i um who is like because i my favorite song is is it off that new album the yeah may 30th he released it i like left-handed my that's like my yeah. favorite song and that yeah. and that's that's obviously like a, a a girl in that so like how many me- so there's three members you said three yeah cool and you because you're you're definitely not the singer for that one i don't know <laughs> I like yell in the background of that one, but yeah. And then how no. did how did that group come to be? Uh, it's just two people I'm really close with here in, in Ohio, who I have you know hang out with and play music with anyway. That we just sort of decided to record three songs and hopefully do more and hopefully start playing some shows. It's kind of just like a very like organic and not super premeditated um formation you know mm-hmm. but i i think i hope you know it's very new and we don't really know what it is but i i have high hopes for what it could become hell yeah wait so it's called trikes because there's three members and you just release three songs yeah, yeah and it, it's called <laughs> tree the ep like one one two tree you know <laughs> okay that's that's pretty and who came up with the title? Like, who came up with the band? Is that also uh, kind of a mutual? Oh, what, what do you mean? So, like, try. I I just realized that one too. <laughs> That's great. The album title. That's amazing. Um, it was just like a. You guys just all came up with it at the same time for like trikes or like, did like was there like a special story behind it, for the name? We I don't know. We just started like jamming and, like it. It actually, it initially started because I booked a gig and it was going to be Kevin Slum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the two of them were going to play with me. And we learned that a bunch of songs. And and then like two nights before the show, it got, they, it got canceled. Oh, which no. That's happens. And then we sort of had you know then that and that sucked and that kind of like knocked the wind out of it a little bit but then we started playing just the songs of of each other's songs and just realized that like we could we should just be a band and it, it could be more equal and um that that's how it happened and yeah i don't i don't know like exactly how trikes happened i'm sure <laughs> like drinking beer and thought it would be funny yeah. you know um that's pretty organic though that's cool so and there there is like like an actual art scene music scene in in cleveland ohio small but yeah there's cool. you know there's people there's bands there's venue you know a few venues that every night pretty cool bands and so there's stuff happening nice so isn't any but honestly anywhere you go I think you'll find you, you might have to look harder in certain places but I think anywhere you go you'll find people doing music you know you'll find a scene unless you're in like Appalachia or something or oh you'll find I mean you'll find people there they'll, they'll be on porches <laughs> you know what I mean you like it, that's fair <laughs> you're on the porch, drinking moonshine and uh the <laughs> freaks and weirdos who like want to leave there yeah like i don't know and i, I really think anywhere you go that's a good there's point. some someone yeah music you know? music makes the world go round i guess heck yeah and then so how old were you when you created like the humble cheaters like do you guys have like a lot of albums out or is this gonna be like one of your first albums together yeah we i mean we got together 
when we were like 19 or so. Nice. So, and we used to all live in, in the New York area, but we've since spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know how many albums we have now, probably four or five. Nice. But this new one just feels really different and just a lot better. Like the stuff we were making when we were 19, like it's just, you, you learn things as you get older. For sure. Okay. I'm I'm really excited about the the new album and we're planning a tour in the fall. So what? Come to Seattle. I'd love to, but it seems like it makes the most sense for us to go no further west than Minneapolis. But I'd love to keep going. But for sure, just, we'll see. Maybe one of these YouTube songs will blow up, and then yeah. you can rent like a Curious George. Something. Curious George. Yeah. Wait, so are you going to, are you going to be like when you tour, do you drive places or do you fly places or how do you usually get around? Well, this will be the first time. Cause I mean, we've done like short, most of our, the humble cheaters audience is in New York because mm-hmm. that's where we're. Um, but we've done like short stints on the East coast and stuff, but this will be our first, like, and it's only going to be a week, you know, it's not that crazy, but it'll be our first time doing just that many and um mm-hmm. you know it'll be new york to minneapolis and anywhere in between that's awesome and then what are your, like what would you say your goals are overall as an artist like do you want to be like one of the top bands in the world or do you enjoy just the fact that you able are you are able to make music or like as an individual or as a as a individual ambassador? as as kevin sloan um yeah, I think I I just want to make like put put good music into the world in whatever shape that takes and if some, you know, if a cool opportunity comes and a lot of people like something, that's great, but I think it's kind of about at this point it's it's just about making good music with with people that I like. Mm. And is, has but, it always has it always been that way, or is it has like your mindset on music grown or evolved as well? Is because you said your sound has evolved, so has the mindset changed also? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I think I just don't have a strong sense of that that I have control over. like the trajectory of my career as, mm. as as you you could call it and also of like the the sound so it's just sort of about accepting the opportunities that come and um I don't know I think that's like, like- that's almost like the that's like the the artist mindset almost though you know like um i feel like i sometimes walk in between like wanting to be very business savvy and also like make silly videos but then i also realize a lot of my friends that solely just want to be artists they have they're like what do you mean you have to do this or why like what is the trajectory you know so yeah and I, i mean i don't I don't want to go that far where where you're like just being kind of stupid about right, it. Right. I'm not calling your friends stupid, <laughs> or anybody, but I think that there's a way in which what I'm saying about just recognizing that like you actually don't have a lot of control over what happens can include like making intelligent choices mm-hmm. about what to focus on and what can support you in in what you're doing while while also like not being artificial about it i guess but i mean i yeah and i mean if you look at like any any artist like ever mm-hmm. who like you can look back and they did they had a real career and they they did they did it you know like david bowie who like picked they did like a million other 
things too. And if you, if you just pick them at one point in time, like it's not a straight line, you know, but I, I do think that there's probably like, if I was smarter, I would like come, come into this podcast with like a clearer story to tell about myself, but this is, you know, the first, like basically the first, uh, interview. But. Yeah, for sure. Like you're you're part of the community now, and like, I don't, no one's no one's life's that linear, anyways. Realistically, yeah. Also, do you? I feel from listening to your music, I feel like you're really into like psychedelic music. Am I am I right with that or no? Yeah, I would I would say that. You know who I've really been? Um, I don't know why I've only just recently checked out their album, but um. I really like the that Plastic Ono's album, Plastic Uno's album, the um, John Le- John Lennon and his wife. Have you checked that out, album out before? I think so. is it like kind of like an exper a more experimental thing yeah. that he did with Yoko Ono. Yeah, yeah. and it's cool because like I've been sometimes um, when I'm driving, I don't always like I I take time to like listen to my guests' interviews and music but sometimes if you're just zoning in on someone's music you kind of need like a refresh or whatever so like i unintentionally was having like a like a john lennon song and then a song by you would come on and then like another song would come on and it was all i was like all this stuff really does sound psychedelic together and all works well so i was was wondering if you intentionally like try to put an emphasis on psychedelic music at all or if it just kind of happens i think it just kind of happens. I mean, I, I think it's just, I, I like to try to be a little experimental mm-hmm. when I'm recording, particularly when I'm recording alone, just because like to keep it interesting. And, um, I think that just doing weird shit where like, you don't know, like you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. It sounds is kind of, we'll, might, we'll have that like, psychedelic effect you know yeah yeah and then you play so do you play a lot of instruments also yeah play piano and guitar and bass and ran like think random things with strings that are and that just that just happens from like being in bands or like have you had like an interest in instruments besides that i think um it it just it comes from growing up uh like I started out as a piano player hmm. and that gives you like an intuition I think about music and sound and like because you, you're kind of learning um you're playing multiple parts with just your two hands and yeah. um I, I just think when I was growing up, it was sort of like learning instruments and like, like instead of sports or like puzzles or homework or things that like other kids like could help them have something to focus on and like process stuff. It, that was it for me. So it's kind of like in hindsight, I think it's mostly just like a curiosity out of a certain kind of necessity. Nice. And when that was like, do you have like a, a musical family or no wow i was like it was kind of weird yeah i just um it was just me i mean my older brother got into drums and he he played drums when he was in high school and he played some like acoustic guitar and he played in, in a couple bands so he was definitely like an influence on me mm-hmm. getting into rock music and or like getting into playing guitar and bass um and being interested in bands but i think i was just always really curious about music like from a very very young age heck yeah yeah it shows you definitely like being in three bands is definitely not easy and like they all have different sounds and your albums change so it's it's cool that you it seems like you're, you definitely are like a, a music lover so that's cool yeah and i i think um it's the it's more recently been like really great to share it with other people and 
like take the skills that I've accumulated as a arranger and songwriter and like mixing and like helping friends who are like writing songs anyway, like to, to, to bring it into reality is like a really cool thing to share with other people. Hell yeah. So with that man, um, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers, people that may want to move to Cleveland, Ohio? I would say, you know, you just got to follow uh, whatever's necessary in your own individual life and circumstances. And um, for some people, that'll mean, you know, getting as many followers and uh, you know, the, getting your stats up as high as possible. And for other people, that'll mean just keeping it as a passion. And I, I just think you just got to look at your own life and don't don't look at me or or anyone else. Mm. That's my advice. There we go. Also, I'm going to take this from um, one of the podcasts that I produce. What is the worst music advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. That I've been given personally. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you get a lot of bad advice. Um, I think like chase your dreams is like pretty bad advice. <laughs> um, I think. So maybe I'll go with that. Don't chase your dreams. <laughs> it's not going to come true. <laughs> what about goal? goals can come true because i guess goals and dreams are different no yeah and i'm kind of being facetious yeah, but yeah. i think um i'm sure i've gotten worse but i mean there's worse advice than that i, I i'm a dreamer you know you could dream, dream <laughs> all the way to space how do you think i got up here <laughs> that's amazing i'd have to think more about bad advice but the, the world i mean on a certain level, I think all advice is is bad. Like 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 all the advice and wisdom of the world ever just cancels each other out. And I just I think people just need to stop following advice. <laughs> yes, stop following advice and listen to Kevin Sloan's music. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is the only real advice anyone should ever take. Um, with that, what is the easiest way for people to reach you and check out your bands yeah um you can find me on instagram kevin samuel sloan and just gonna keep the message the messaging straight forward straight forward excuse me trikes check out trikes trikes the band uh tree by trikes that's what you should check out hell yeah and with that this is the third time I said and with that. Basically, I'm ending this by saying this is the NAS podcast with Tricks. And Kevin. With, with Kevin Sloan. <laughs>